Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. You know, here in the United States, we have the Aspen Ideas Festival and the Met Gala. And that's kind of like the Miss America pageant for leftist elitists. The World Economic Forum is like the Miss Universe pageant. So it's the global elitists on private jets, stay in five-star hotels, they eat the finest of food, while they sit around figuring out how to restrict the lives of the little people. And this is, this is something that just warms the hearts of the American left, even if they're going to be inside the cage when the door is slammed shut. And I've never understood that. We have people in this country that just, it's, it's just their never-ending dream to be a part of this so-called intellectual elite. And they're not intellectual elites. They're basically a bunch of Hunter Bidens. These are people that trade on name and connection and government. And almost every single idea that they propose is essentially a new way to treat you and me like we are mindless drones. The World Economic Forum is not about the world. It's not about economics. It's not even really a forum. It's a stage production for global elites to connect with one another, to advance themselves over and above the world's population. They don't solve any problems. They simply propose more government, global government. And now they're attacking free speech. And I don't know if you saw Brian Stelter sitting there just in awe of talk of crackdowns on free speech, but oh, he just, you know, just fell in love with it. The little people are the problem. The little people, well, maybe in the United States, we're more the problem. These people are not solving our problems. They are not proposing real solutions to anything. They are proposing more restrictions on, let me say it like this. Somebody who flies around in a private jet proposes the idea that you and me should bike to work. Why are they doing that? To save the planet, of course. No, it's to restrict the resources for their own use. We can't let everybody drive around in a gas guzzler. We can't let everybody have a gas stove. We can't let every, who's we and who's the everybody? You mean nobody's going to be allowed to use these things or just you? Socialism is not smart. It doesn't require any intelligence. You take from A, you give to B. If there's a problem, restrict A and B. That's, that, that, that's very simplistic. You just propose restrictions on non-affiliated, non-connected, non-elite. On the, on the premise that the majority of people, or maybe a large portion of the people, enough of the people, will not resist you. Right? We, saw this with the, we saw this with the vaccine mandates. Just do as you're told. And if you had questions about, well, could it negatively, could it never negatively affect someone? Don't worry about it. We said it's safe. People react to things in different ways. Some people are lactose intolerant. Does your kid allow peanut butter in school anymore? All of a sudden, peanut allergies are a big thing. People react to things differently. We have young, healthy athletes dropping dead at rates we've never seen before. I don't remember. Maybe, maybe. 25, 30 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, 
there were athletes dropping dead. I don't remember the news stories. Now, you could say, well, you know, students were pressured into performance-enhancing drugs. You know, wrestlers were losing too much weight. Football players were being dehydrated. Coaches were pushing their kids and parents were pushing their kids. Scholarship, scholarship, scholarship. That could be explained. Why these athletes are dropping dead with no explanation is kind of a mystery. Andrew, are you saying they're dying because of the vaccines? You know what? I don't know because they aren't telling us why this is happening. And it feels like government has an interest in not telling us if somebody is dropping dead because of a negative or adverse effect of the vaccine. As a matter of fact, we learned in the Washington Examiner's reporting on it that Pfizer, in the latest Twitter files, Pfizer was demanding that Twitter remove any content that questioned the safety of their vaccines. So when you hear Joe Biden run, come on, man, we took on Big Pharma. Big Pharma lost. The people won, not a joke. You mean after you gave them tens of millions of dollars, billions of dollars for these vaccines? Now you're reining them in while we're capping insulin at 35 bucks a month. Oh, good for you. They never asked themselves, what if the manufacturers just reduce the supply of insulin because it's not worth it to produce anymore? By the way, I don't know if you caught it. We played it on TV last night and we didn't play it here. Joe Biden said he spoke to the man that invented insulin. He told the story on the stage just the other day that, that the man who invented insulin didn't want it patented because he wanted it to be distributed at a low cost. And he spoke directly to him about this topic. The doctor that invented insulin was A, Canadian. B, died in 1941. Joe Biden was born in 1942. But it's amazing to watch these people converge treating themselves to the most, the best of everything that luxury has to offer while proposing new ways to restrict the freedoms, the liberties, the rights, and the market choices of the little people. Do I need to identify? You know, I've never heard somebody explain to me seriously why they believe in socialism. The only two, I, the only two I've ever gotten mildly was one, they think it's a fairer way to run things. They think it's fair. And the other is they want to be part of something government. Meaning, so you know where you know when socialism is great? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you where communism and socialism is great. Where it's A number one, when you're in charge. Oh, it, yeah. If you're at the high table, if you're in the room where it happens, quote unquote, if you get a seat at the board of directors of Socialist Inc., it is wonderful for you. You don't have to do anything and you're treated to everything. All you have to do is restrict the people and that's it. Single-payer healthcare, government-run education, government-run transportation, government-run housing. The reward you get for finding a new way to restrict someone is that you don't have to live with the restriction. So if you're flying in a private jet 
and you're proposing that average Americans shouldn't be allowed to own SUVs anymore, which have provided a convenience. Like, I, I, I look, there are lots of technologies. That's what technology tends to do. It tends to provide convenience and an increase in the quality of life. Now, are we stressed out getting our kids to soccer practice or baseball practice or this one's over here at football, that one's over here at wrestling, this one has to be at a birthday party, now I got to go grocery shopping? Sure. But imagine having to do all of that without your own form of transportation, relying solely on government. You think you're stressed out now? Wait till you got to ride the rail. It's easy, though. Right? You're no longer part of the little people. They will, they will just go along, and you'll be off in your private jet sipping champagne. This is not hard to understand the attraction. It's a very attractive thing. Every year, every year, we graduate a new class from high school and the universities. And every year, there's a group of kids who make their way to Washington, D.C. because they they say they want to change the world. Really, what they want to do is be a part of the power. They want to join the power structure wherever they can and work their way up in the power structure. Because why? Why not? That's where all the niceties are. The lights never go out in Washington. There's never a shortage of anything in Washington. Even if there's a drought in California, believe me, at the Harris Teeter, that red wine you want is going to be there. And the grapes, cheese, and crackers to go with it. Because nothing runs out in Washington. While we're talking about gas stoves. Which, by the way, this is not some advent of the right. This consumer protection, whatever bureau it is, run by Richard Trumka's son, amazingly. See how that works, connections? Looked at a study that claims that gas stoves are affecting people with asthma. As soon as you could point to what allergens are in natural gas, I'll hear you out on asthma. But the people that are writing this paper, this report, whatever it is going to be, distributed to members of Congress to get them on board with this, as soon as they're done for the day, they go to a restaurant for fine dining where they're using gas stoves. That's how it works. Being part of the power means never suffering the consequences of the abuse of that power. And you've got ankle biters all across the country that are like, egging this on because they think they are going to be spared and they will not. That's why socialism is so lovely to them. Welfareism, socialism, authoritarianism, tight control. Let me tell you why I believe in capitalism and free markets. And it's not very hard to understand. When the government says, this is healthcare, we're going to provide you high quality healthcare. First of all, the government self-certifies quality. And because government tends, government does not compete in the free market, it has unlimited resources 
to either remove its competition or make its competition to sub submit to it and be controlled by government by proxy. That's really one of the distinguishing qualities of American socialism is because we still have the democratic process, politicians, notice how Congress likes to to defer to the executive branch, to delegate authority to the executive branch. So then Congress isn't responsible for what these federal agencies do and how they govern and how they regulate and the rules they make. But if they actually were to take over things wholeheartedly, 100%, and the product, because we still have vestiges of the free market, if the, if the public were dissatisfied, they might vote for something different doesn't have to go that far. When you have a free market, you have a baseline of rules for play, right? Baseline rules for play. And you let as many competitors into the market as the market will sustain, as the market will support. The market will not support one more unit of anything than it needs. And because there is competition and there's always flaws in production, no matter what you're producing, you have a constant churning, yes, churning, which is volatile, of new products, new services, new ways, and new ideas presenting themselves for people to make more choices on their own. Didn't, didn't occur to anyone when we had a baby formula shortage. Someone said, look what Abbott Labs is doing. Well, why is Abbott Labs the only baby formula maker in the United States or one of only a handful because the regulations are so tight it makes competition almost impossible we actually believed at some point in our society that three major automobile companies three major television networks constituted competition now with the internet you see how much online content how much content is actually available and the three networks look like dinosaurs by comparison to Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, all of these all of these new more innovative content providers have been able to get into the marketplace and compete and produce better services than the traditional dinosaur sitcom drama news stack with advertising in between. That would have been impossible. 40 years ago. So the more competition, the better the product. That can be said about anything. The idea that a group of global elites are looking at that and going, that's not how this should be done. Those people are wildcats. We don't like wildcats. They're not consulting us. They're not paying us. They're not, they're not abiding by us. We have to find new ways to restrict people. Weintick 695 Patriot 9572874. While we're being told we all have to get into EVs, I would love a challenge. I would love to see a race, a cannonball run, if you will, from New York to LA. One chosen combustion engine car, one EV. Who's going to make it first? Using only what is available to power each vehicle. The combustion engine will pull over, it will fill up its tank, and be on the road in a few minutes. 
How long is that EV going to have to sit there until it fully charges up to get its full range? Now, look, I'm not a, the government saying, well, then we have to invest and we have to put charging stations. That's not going to advance the technology. The technology will advance as consumers retain a choice between EVs and combustion engines. And that will force EV producers to come up with better equipment. I mean, better technology. So maybe in the future, maybe in the future, an EV will pull in like a NASCAR pit crew. They'll pull your battery out, slam another one in, give you the thumbs up and off you go. But we don't have anything close to that right now. Wintech 695, Patriot 9572874. For over a hundred years, government-run education has been a teacher in the classroom, grid seating, a lecture, assignments, and tests. Because that's what we know. That's how it's been done. If we had more school choice and more school vouchers and a vibrant, yes, even profit-driven competitive market you would find more options to provide the best education. And how many of you have to plan your life, your workday around your child's education? Maybe the school year, the school day starts at 7.30. Maybe this year it starts at 8. Next year it's uh, 8.45. The next year after that it might be 7.15. If there were more school options, parents would be able to select a school that starts and ends based on their needs, based on their workday, instead of crafting their workday around the government. Once the government gets involved in providing a service, the other competitors find themselves at a competitive disadvantage, and then you must live your life around government. So if you are a commuter here in New York City, there are rails that go north and south in New York City. Very few go east and west. You go where the government goes when the government arrives to pick you up. You must live your life around the government's transit schedule, period, end of story, unless you could afford a limousine. And the people in the limousines are the ones that keep promoting government-run transportation. Why? Because they never have to ride it. Wine 695 patriot 9572874 Oh, I have some good audio. Seth Moulton, yes, I know he's a former Marine, sounds like a tyrant. John Kerry sounds like the... Why am I bothering talking to these little people? I'm securing investments for my son-in-law. Or whoever his kids are. And then we're going to play a good clip. Oh, Al Gore's there. We're boiling the oceans. The oceans are rising. We have to stop the rise of the oceans. Dana Carvey, Dana Carvey said it, not me. Dana Carvey asked, why does all of a sudden Al Gore sound like a gay Forrest Gump? Wines at 695 Patriot 9572874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.